Hey everybody, before we kick off today's episode, Antonio T. Smith Jr. here, and I just want to tell all of you that if you're an avid learner of self-growth, if you want to change the quality of your life, I'm on my major events, WonderCon 2024, it's almost here. The dates are March 17th through March 22nd, that is 2024, and you can go to the website inside the show links to get to all the information there. It's in Houston, Texas. There's also a bunch of opportunity for online tickets as well. So you can watch the event live. Plus, you get the opportunity to keep the video for life as well. With an array of expert speakers, including myself, interactive workshops and a plethora of experiences, it promises to be a transformational event that you've never seen before. Please know in person, there are limited spaces available and get all the details to secure a spot on the show notes. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better, you can dominate. All of you being here, I'm going to move out the way because Diana's going to lead us in a major discussion. Diana, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you very much for the wonderful introduction. We will be doing chapters seven, eight, and seven, eight, and nine this evening. And the next week, we're going to be covering four chapters. Um, we'll be covering 10, 11, 12, and 13. So tonight, let's start off with chapter seven. Is there anything in chapter seven that anyone found um, that stood out to them or that they found interesting or something that really changed their perspective on some things. All right. Well, if not, I'm going to open something up that I thought was. Oh, go ahead, Mr. Smith. You unmuted. Go. Ahead. I mean, you. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm texting people to get them on. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so the first thing that I wanted to point out, and I would love for this to be an open discussion, <laughs> is in chapter on page, I have the <clears throat> Conversations with God books two and three combined. So if you have that one, it's page 88. If you do not have this one, it is the one, two, three, four, five. It's the sixth page in the chapter. Um, and it takes place after, after he says, okay, I give up. Why? And so what's going on in this chapter so far is the discussion of the creation of man and woman, the creation of, uh, guilt, uh, not the creation of, but, you know, talking about guilt and money and, and things like that. And so on this page, God says, feeling good is the soul's way of shouting, this is who I am. He said, he said, have you ever been in a classroom where the teacher was taking attendance, calling the role, and when you heard, and when your name was called, you had to say here? You don't watch say yes. God said, well, feeling good is the soul's way of saying here. So I would love for everyone to just open up and, while it may seem like something very small to me, it's something, it's not as small as we think it is. Feeling, 
God said feeling good is the soul's way of saying here. When I think of that, I think of it as the soul saying, hey, look, I'm still here. We're still alive. Let's celebrate life. It, it, it also, to me, it also means when uh, we feel good, that's the sole way of saying here. So when you're not feeling good, that means you're not in a position where you should be. You are not living. You are not, you are not in the vibration that you should be in for you to be close to source or just feel good in general. So to me, when God said feeling good is the soul's way of shouting uh, this is who I am when you're not being who you are you don't feel that that feeling of man let's do this man I'm ready you know here here I am you know let's take over the world so I would love someone else's perspective on that particular uh, that particular line in the book the floor is open what you think what what comes to mind when you hear it and I'll repeat it again. Oh, go ahead. Oh, it says, uh, feeling good is the soul's way of shouting, this is who I am. So the floor is open. Go ahead, Mr. Phil. Well, I've said this many times. Your feelings, that's the thermometer of your soul. So it's taking your temperature. And if Romans 8.28 tells us all things work together for good for those who love God according to his purpose. So if you're into that vibration, then all things should make you feel good. It's your interpretation of the, of the event that's making messing you up. So that's why you need to be solidly founded in your values and constantly getting to the vibration of unconditional love, absolute forgiveness, and total gratitude. When we're loving, forgiving, and grateful, then we're able to be joyful and then let that joy manifest itself. And then people around you will go, whoa, what she got going that I ain't got? I need to learn more. I need to be around her because she must know something I don't know. All right. Thank you, Mr. Phil. And I love it when you say that uh, feelings is, uh, can you say it for me again? Your feelings are? Your feelings, that's the thermometer of your soul. And denying your feelings is like putting a gas a sticker over the gas gauge of your automobile and saying to yourself, I'm not going to pay any attention to that information and see how far that gets you. So you should never say to yourself or you should never say to somebody else, you shouldn't feel that way. Mm. Because you can't adjust where you are if you don't admit to where you are. All right. There's a word in that. That is a word in that. Then what do you think? It's the circle that I always use when I start my seminars. Then it's the circle. Then at, at 12 o'clock is feelings. Two o'clock is what do you think about your feelings? And then four o'clock is what you be or believe. Be, that's Eckhart Tolle, be here now. What do you be? Are you, are you being or are you believe? Esther and Jerry Hicks tells us a belief is a thought you just keep thinking. So you can choose to believe something or you can choose to be. So it's feel, think, be, then do. Six o'clock is do. Faith of that works is dead. And then eight o'clock is have. Because when you do something, you'll have something. When you take action, that way you'll produce results. And then give is at 10 o'clock. 
Because when you do things, you have, when you have things, then you can give them. You can't give what you don't have. So that's the circle. Feel, think, be, do, have, and give. Thank you very much, Mr. Phil, for sharing that information. Your emotions are the thermometer of your soul. I am that one. I'm going to make sure I remember. And thank you for everything else you said as well when you talked about the circle. You, for those of you who are just coming in, we are in Chapter 7 of Conversations with God. And I asked everyone, um, if you if you have read if there's something in the chapter in uh, chapters seven eight and nine that caught your attention and if not i presented this to the group feeling good is the soul's way of shouting this is who i am and i would the floor is open for discussion on what comes to mind when you think about that what your perspective is on that and mr phil wonderfully told us <laughs> how your emotions are the thermometer of your soul. Go ahead, Mr. Phil. I feel good. Do, 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 do. I know that I would. Do, 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 do. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So is there anyone else who would like to give their thoughts on this particular line in the book? Feeling good is the soul's way of shouting, this is who I am. The floor is open. They asked John Lennon, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, happy. And they said, I don't think you understand the question. And, and John Lennon said, well, I don't think you understand the answer. Now, I would like to present that to... I would like to present that to everyone. I would love to hear someone's response on that because that is a wonderful answer. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be happy. So who else can, let's dig into that. I want to be happy because he goes along with the feeling good is the soul's way of shouting. This is who I am. When you feel good about where you are, you're saying this is who I am. No matter how you, no matter what people say about how you look or what people say about how you dress how you the color of your hair when you are shouting when you feel good that is your soul's way of shouting this is who i am and then phil said they they asked john lennon what did he want to be when he grew up he said happy they told him i don't think you understood the question he said i don't think you understood the the answer and it all aligns go ahead miss vanessa i see your mics unmuted <laughs> um you know, I heard so much. Well, anyway, let me just get to the point. I heard, um, I think that's a good thing, you know, to feel good. I strive to feel good every day. And um, and I think um, that's a good thing. I think, you know, you should, you know, I think we all should just welcome that type of energy in even more. But I think the biggest thing is, is uh, we have to examine and look at um, not so much as how to stay in that space or how to get in that space. Because I'm believing God for something now. And 
and I and I and I realize in order for me to get in that space, I'm gonna probably have to go seven days and not look and look at TV at all, not turn it on at all. So to me, it's like the universe is like a hollow, it's like the womb where you do hear. And I think, you know, like the words say, you know, God said in his word that he, he gives us an ear to hear. But also to get into God's grace and to that mercy, you know, that doesn't, that comes from being a hearer also, but also being a doer. So I think, you know, that was my take on it, you know, is, um, you know, standing in a place in, in the spirit where I'm, I'm like, okay, here I am. Yeah, I want to be peace. I want to be happy. I want all of these things. But what should I do? How should I go about it? I surrender. That's an act to me, to just surrender and say, okay, I put down the cheesecake. I put down all of that because I want to, I want to commune more in that inner space. So that's, that's what I, what I, um, that, that's, that's my take on it. Uh, Dion. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Vanessa. Thank you very much for sharing. And there, there are times where you, yes, Mr. Phil, go ahead. Well, I, I think what she's talking about is that we learn to control our inner space. Mm. Those of us who grew up, you know, with Antonio, you know, living in a trash can. He, there was some point, he said, you know what? I can still feel good living in the trash can because I can have that choice. And he uses that muscle and he uses that muscle. And the more you go challenging earlier in your life, the more you develop that muscle, and then you become the person that can be happy no matter what's happening. You know, it's the old saying, if you poop on my head, I'll thank you for the hat. You know, again, back to all things work together for good. So for those of us who had challenges in our childhood, we developed that muscle of, of choice that we knew, you know, we could have just left the house where there was just a lot of sorrow, a lot of crying, a lot of negativity, and now we're out in the world. Well, now to quote Beetlejuice, it's showtime, you know, and we can switch like that because we've learned how to do that because we've had to earlier in our lives. Okay. I, and I'm glad you brought that up, Mr. Phillips. I have noticed, like, even though I have, even though adaptability is one of my strengths, there's a lot of things that I cannot do that Antonio can because he, like when it comes to making decisions, you make, you're supposed to make decisions quickly. Antonio has no, no issues with making quick decisions of me. I kind of sit and ponder on it a little longer. And I do think about there, there are times where he will respond to things differently than the way I would. And I would think about, okay, well, he did grow up differently. So his thought processes are a lot different from mine. Whereas it may take me a little longer to make a decision, he makes a decision a lot faster because growing up, he either had to make a decision or die. So it, so I thank you, Mr. Phil, for bringing that up as well. And thank you, Ms. Vanessa, for sharing with us too. There are times where you have to, when you say, you know, just he'll give you a listening ear, but sometimes you have to cleanse yourself of anything that's blocking your hearing. 
blocking your seeing, like whatever you need. If you can't hear, sometimes you do have to sacrifice certain things. So I thank you, Miss Vanessa, for what you said as well. Thank you, Mr. Mr. Phil, as well for what you for what you said. Um, go ahead, Mr. Phil. And think and grow rich on the chapter in decisions. Analysts of several hundred people who had accumulated fortunes well beyond the million dollar mark disclosed the fact that every one of them had the habit of reaching decisions promptly and if changing these decisions slowly, if and when they were changed at all. People who failed to accumulate money without exception have the habit of reaching decisions, if at all, very slowly and of changing these decisions quickly and often. Thank you very much, Mr. Phil. That explains why Antonio's bank account looks the way it is. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Does? <laughs> so feeling good is the soul's way of shouting, this is who I am. So I just want to let each and every one of you know. Hold on. You said something. You, 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 you make me want to say something now. All yeah. right. Not only is what Phil said super facts and the book itself, money just finds me. It just finds me. No matter what I'm doing, it finds its way to me. And I'm always making quick, decisive decisions. I never quit. And I never say things. I never say yes to things that I don't want to do. Mm. If okay. I don't want to do it, if I don't believe that I can give my best in it, if it does not fit my nature, if I'm not willing to die for it, I say no all the time. I just flat out say no. So please remember that. Not only do I make quick decisions, I'm also quick to say no as I am quick to say yes. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Smith. So uh, when he tells y'all to get in the flow of money, just get behind him. Since money seems to find him, we're just gonna just stand behind him and just be in that flow. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the, the plate underneath the, tea, the teacup, you know, the saucer underneath. So when it overflows, I'm not to, you know, catch my blessings. <laughs> So feeling good is a soul's way of shouting, this is who I am. So if you're not feeling good, you're not being who you are. If you're not enjoying what it is that you're doing, you're not being who you are. Go ahead, Miss Nikki. Hello, everyone. So what I grabbed from that statement is that um, it's like the the popular statement that says dance in the rain like no one's watching, right? Um, and for that to happen, for you to be able to dance in the rain for like no one's watching or dance like no one's watching, it's 
it's the integrity and the heart of your own self. Be true to thine own self and just having that own relationship with yourself and being true. At the end of the day, I have something that I say. At the end of the day and the start of the start of the day, I have a number one fan that I cannot ever let down. And that number one fan looks forward to seeing me each and every day. And that fan is me. And so if at the end of the day, I look in the mirror and I see the fan, which is myself, and I tell the fan how well did we do, how great we were, and what we did not do well, it gives me an opportunity to accept the issues that has happened, but also it gives me an opportunity to be really cool and okay with the fact that I am feeling good about who I am. All right. I love how you said I have my, my favorite fan looks forward to seeing me every single day, and that fan is me. I, I like that. That's see, that's yeah, Let, that's I, yeah, I, you I know, forward to seeing that fan. Listen. <laughs> All right. Yes, sir, Mr. Phil. You know, I'm a wordsmith as opposed to Nikki, instead of as opposed to saying things we didn't do well, say things that we can improve on. All right. I take that. Thank you. I'm here to help. All right. Thank you, Mr. Phil. Thank you, Ms. Nikki, as well. And so for those of you who are just joining us, we are still in Conversations with God, but we're in book two in chapter seven. And there was a phrase that I was sharing with everyone that stood out to me. And so I just shared it with everyone to see what your perspective on it was. And that one, that one line was, feeling good is the soul's way of shouting, this is who I am. So if there's anything that you would like to add to that, the floor is open. Please feel free to give your uh, comments on how you, what do you think that means um, and your perspective on it. And then if you, if there's something else in the book, in chapter, book two, chapters one through, <laughs> chapters one through nine that has stuck out to you or has, you know, shifted how you think or shifted your perspective i would love to hear that as well this is a conversational class we're here to have conversations with each other so if there's something if we're currently talking about a certain part and you know there's something that's burning in you like man i just i really want to talk about this part please let us know hey there is a part in the book that i read and this is what it is right here and and, and please share with us we would love everybody's perspective all right so I'm gonna share the line one more time and then we'll move on to the next one. That line was, feeling good is the soul's way of shouting. This is who I am. And the floor is open. All right. You know who has the, anytime you say their name and they'll be like, here, kids, kids. So if the soul has its way of shouting here, that's kids. Anytime you call their name, they're happy to hear their name. And so because they're happy to hear their name, they want everybody to know, hey, I'm here. Okay. This is why I think now I don't, I'm not, I'm not the scholar like Mr. Smith, but I really do believe every sacred text says um, have that childlike, you know, that, that childlike faith and you know, be be a be a child. You know, so um, your soul saying, uh, let me, I want to, I want to say that again. Um, read that for me again, Miss Dean Marie. Yes, ma'am. It says, feeling good is the soul's way of shouting. This 
is who I am. Okay, yes, feeling good. Kids always want to feel good every time. And even if they feel sad, if they start crying, um, case in point, I was, I was talking to uh, Nikki one day and one of her little friends came in. I don't know how old he is, but I know he's a toddler. And he came in and he was not, he was not happy at that point in time. But it was like, mm, maybe two minutes. I heard him crying, you know, and then all of a sudden it, I didn't hear him anymore. And she was like, see, he just wanted his favorite toy. That, there you go. I want to be happy. <laughs> Kids go from being said to, I, I want to be happy. So I'm going to find what it is that makes me happy. And they, they go to it right then. So I just want to say, hey, we, we really need to, yeah, be like kids. You, things do happen. Life happens. Things happen. Someone hurts your feelings. Someone does you wrong. I understand that. Yes. That, you know, I've, I've been there. And, and it hurts, but you don't want to stay there because your soul longs and craves to be happy. That's all I want to share. All right. Well, thank you, Ms. Grace Sanders. Thank you very much for sharing that. I... <laughs> I when okay so when I when I read that part in the book it was it was like uh, they even use that as an example like when you're in the classroom but when you just broke it down I was like okay that makes so much more sense now I understood the example better when you said it like kids just want to be happy when you call their name they're happy to hear their names so they're like here here I am here I am so thank you thank you very much yes, ma'am. go ahead Miss Nikki and then after Miss Nikki Mr. Phil yeah I want to reiterate what um, Ms. Grace was saying. And of course, working with children um, in early child care, that is true. Um, one thing I always teach my teachers and I let them know, everybody loves to hear their name called. I don't care how old you are. I mean, I have a song that I could sing and go through everybody on this line and there's gonna be a different expression. And you, know, you can have one expression on your face, but just to hear your name called, that person lights up because everybody likes to hear their name called. And so um, what Grace was saying about <laughs> my little friend who <laughs> had a tough morning, you know, and he's entitled to his tough morning, but of course, and he's been having a lot of tough mornings. Nevertheless, um, coming in, having that tough morning, but also just at that moment, giving him his time to breathe, get it together, and really seriously reflect on what it is that his day should look like. And I think that that's something that we as individuals, that's what brings us joy, having an opportunity to also look at life and what, what joy will bring to us as we get ready to go through that day when we plan out what it is that we're doing. But I have a saying, viewing life through the eyes of a child. So looking at a child's life and how innocent it is and all the fun things that they do have no matter what the adversities are, still view the life through the eyes of a child because children, they're so forgiving, they're so loving, and they just have a free spirit, which is amazing. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms. Nikki. And Mr. Phil, right before you go, there's something you said, Ms. Nikki, he's like, yeah, and he has the right to, to having a rough morning. I think if we, if we not only view life through the, the eyes of a child but just actually observe children for who they are they are not our mini me's they are not our um second chance in life they are not for us to make them who we want them to be we were just the carriers the parents are just the teachers 
we cannot put, we should not put on them what we think we should put on them. We should watch them and pay attention to how they grow, how they learn, how they love, and then use that as a way to just teach them how to live. So if we don't force ourselves on kids, and that's any child, that's a child that you you birth or a child that you babysit, a child that you you see them every day in life, you know, don't put you on them. So Ms. Nikki, thank you for saying that because that's when yeah, you because, do that. Yeah, D, because we have things that that I teach about child-driven activities. Child-driven. Your classroom should be a child-driven period, point blank, activity, classroom, work style, everything. Why are you the one who's acting as if you were um you're in charge of it no you're not the superstar they are so allow them to be who they are and allow them to work and i just really really believe that some people need to really have that moment for themselves and they say i am the superstar to my own life so why am i giving somebody else an opportunity to be who they need to be let everybody else be the paparazzi but you are the superstar to your own life that's it all right i like that thank you very much miss nikki all right, Mr. Phil, the floor is yours. The world would be a better place if we all treated each other as if we were six-year-olds locked in adult bodies. We'd have some fun. Yes. And one of the things I like to do, I like to, if I walk into a room and there's a bunch of people sitting in, I go, hi, kids, and it just changes the room. People look up and they smile, they, they say, man, it's been years since I've been called a kid. Or, you know, or like I hold, a, I hold a door open for an elderly couple, I go, hi, kids, and they go, I've been called to kids in years and they just change. Although I did do this as one guy and he got mad at me. It just showed you where he was coming from. And later on he apologized, but it, it just struck him wrong. But just go around and go, hi kids, or do my little, you know what that is? Remember? I don't, can you remind us what that is? Yeah, it's a microwave. Oh, okay, yeah, the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, just to put smile on people's faces in this day and age. Just think about how, what can I do today to put a smile on someone else's faces that's, that's in my world? We need this more than ever. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. For, I'm gonna, <laughs> when I see Grace next time I walk up, I'm going to go, hi, Grace. <laughs> I, I don't know, just from all the studies that I've, I've, I've been going through, um as a minister with the church and reading this book my and, and y'all please feel free to chime in on this the thing that i have just pretty much and this is my this is from my personal understanding from me doing my studies me asking questions but it seems like god just really just wants us to live life not worry not stress but just live, like really, and and come to him as kids. It, it seems like kids play a major role in how we should commune with God. Like, cause the kids are so, like Miss Nikki was saying, they're, they're loving in Anfield, they're loving, they're free. They don't have, they like, they don't have any restrictions on them. But as we grow up, we start putting restrictions on ourselves and then we pick up the restrictions that other people put on top of us. And it gets to a point where, like when, when it says, like the quote I said, feeling good is the soul's way of shouting, this is who I am. But it comes to a point where 
we're always feeling bad to a point where that feeling becomes natural and we just think that's how it's supposed to be. And then when we do feel good, we feel bad about feeling good. I, I can't even begin, I, I can't even begin to <laughs> explain how as a kid, I used to be called goofy all the time. I hated for my friends to walk around with, with a frown on their face. So I would do any and everything just to make them smile. And people say, D, you're so weird. D, you're so goofy. And I was like, oh, thank you. I took it as a compliment. But as I got older, and people were like, D, you're so goofy. And I was, I, you know, oh, okay. And I started just kind of, kind of just reeling it back into myself. But then here's Antonio. I'm, see, I'm still goofy. Well, before, before I, I'd really hit a breaking point before I reached out to Antonio for him to coach me. I was not feeling good at all. You know, going, crying myself to sleep, waking up with anxiety, knots in my stomach. You know it's bad when you sitting there and you have your hand on your stomach and your supervisor looks at you like, what's wrong with you? And you tell them, I just got this knot, like this burning sensation. And they and your supervisor tells you, you need to go to the hospital because you could have an ulcer. And then turns around and tells you, this job will do that to you. <laughs> you, you, you know you got a problem when your supervisor tells you, you need to go to the hospital. Uh, and so I just, I, I just, I, and what I realized the most is when I am not screaming, here I am. When, when I am not saying, this is who I am. When I am not feeling good, life is not good. But kids, my son, my son, I in my son's bedroom door. I just opened it up. He was like, I'm sorry, mommy. <laughs> I had to laugh to myself because I was like, I was like, man, why is he apologizing? He said, I was like, why are you apologizing? He said, because I did something, I'm like, no, you didn't do anything. He was like, oh, okay. And went right back to doing whatever he was doing. But after he said, I'm sorry, he looked at me and he smiled. And I'm like, this is the, I call my son the weirdest kid ever, but I've watched him. Like if it wasn't for Antonio and Shannon, my son would be in a completely different place. Completely different because I stopped putting on him that I'm the greatest mother ever and I pulled back and just watched him instead of getting irritated with him I pulled back and I just watched him to see why he did what he did like who gets mad at a two-year-old that just walks up to their mom and kisses them that was me because I wasn't understanding because I was so focused on whatever it is I was doing but that was him that was his way of screaming it made him feel good that was his way of screaming this is who I am. This is who I am. But I wasn't listening. Like how many of you scream on a consistent basis, this is who I am, but nobody's listening. And because nobody's listening, you kind of just pull back into yourself. To me, this one line is saying, if it makes you feel good, like genuinely feel good, like that deep down in your gut, in your heart, in your soul, at the bottom of your, it's like, it's like between your back and your chest kind of tucked down somewhere. You, you don't know exactly where it is, but you do feel like that part right there with you, when you get that feeling in there, like, man, this feels good. To me, that's when you know, man, I'm here. This, this, this is who I am. <laughs> like, I, 
I used to hate talking. There was no way. Okay. I've always been a talkative person. Let me rephrase. I've always been a talkative person. But to, to talk in front of people and I don't know you, like this is my first time meeting you. I ain't never met you before. And you want me to stand and say, what to these people? And tell me, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but there was, but I had someone tell me one time because I stood up, I stood up at a ladies conference and spoke. And the whole time I'm just shaking and I'm like, why am I nervous? I do this on a daily basis, but why am I shaking and nervous? And I heard this one, this, this woman tell me, she said, if you just move past that feeling, you will unlock so much more. And I realized that that was, and, it, and Tommy always even told me, he's like, what you were feeling, that was your, that was, that was your power. You just didn't know what to do with it. Cause I, I was literally like standing there, just like shaking my hands the whole time I'm talking, my voice shaking, my hand shaking. But with all that being said, there was that part that I was just telling y'all about between the back and the chest right there underneath. You don't quite know where it is, but you feel it. That little spot right there. There was a feeling of just pure <sighs> the whole time. My hands were shaking. My voice was shaking. But in me, deep in me, there was peace. It, I felt good. And when I read that, I was like, okay, so now I know. Every time I feel that feeling, that's my soul telling me I am here. This here I am. This this is me. Hello. <laughs> so I want each and every, every time y'all feel that feeling, I just I just embrace it. Just be like, ooh, yeah, mm -hmm. gotcha. And just 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 talk to yourself. I got you. This this is where we're supposed to be. I got you because that feeling lets you know that you are alive you are living you're exactly where you're supposed to be when you feel good and feeling good is that feeling opposite of everything else you've ever felt that, that feeling good is peaceful that feeling good is like standing <laughs> standing on the beach with your feet in the water as the waves come up your feet start sinking it, or for those of y'all who like water and sand and the beach like that, but y'all know what I'm talking about. It's your happy place. <laughs> so when you're there, when you're in that place, just just stand there and just open up your arms. Like, man, look, here I am. This is who I am. Deal with it. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. Just deal with it because this is who I am. Yes, ma'am, Miss Nikki. Go ahead. So, D, let me ask you a question. Right there when you said that, um, oh my, come on back thought, don't leave. So right when you said the statement of you were feeling scared because you were speaking before the people, um, but I want to go to the first statement. So do you believe that you, you kind of pulled back from saying things because someone had tried to implement or tried to put their agenda onto you when it came down to everybody saying, you're so goofy, you're so goofy. And someone may have said something to you in a manner of, you know, joking, but yet realistically in their thoughts. Do you think that that's what made you decide I'm going to pull back from, um, from so much, giving so much of my own self goofy energy off? It was definitely something somebody said, who, I don't know. So who but, told you that is what I want. <laughs> who told you that? 
told you that? Who told you that? I've learned. Go ahead, Nikki. No, because again, you know, that's how we become these different individuals. Once someone see who you are, they like who you are, but then they start throwing in their opinion. They start putting in their own flavor and seasonings. And I didn't ask you that. Don't water me down. Lowry's over here. Let me go. But <laughs> who told you that? Who told you that? And why were they okay to give you that opinion? And why were you okay with allowing them to put it onto you? So, you know, just kind of, you know, that part there. But then the, the second part of what I was saying was, is that um, I got to think about it and I'll come back. Oh, no worries. And I, I will answer the question for you. This is something that I did not know. Go ahead, Mr. Phil. Chad, my son, who's now a Sergeant First Class MP, was in the fourth grade and I'm at home and the phone rings. Hello, Mr. Sorrentino. Yes. Are you aware that your son Chad is acting silly in class? Are you aware that silly is a derivative of an old English word, selig, which means sage. And literally, I could hear her under her breath goes, she literally said this, so excuse me if it's offensive to some of you. She said to herself, well, now I know where he gets this shit. That's what she said. <laughs> then, she, then she said, I'm not gonna get anywhere with you, am I? I say, no, you're not. She said, can I talk to your wife? I said, yes, you can. So I handed the phone over to Susan. So you can imagine being the son of a humor consultant. There's a lot of pressure there to be silly a lot. So silly means being being like a sage, being wise. Thank you, Mr. Phil. Thank you very much. Probably Goofy does too. <laughs> Goofy, silly, weird. The crazy thing, Miss Nikki, is my friend accepted me for that. Like I've run into a handful of them since I've been an adult. And one of them told me, she said, I can always depend on Dee to make me smile. Well, they call me Dee Dee. I can always depend on Dee Dee to make me smile. They said she was, she said she was always goofy and weird, but she always listened to me. You know, we grew up with different, we grew up with different backgrounds, but I could, I knew I could talk to her and she never judged me and she never, like I never made her feel bad. But one of the things growing up that I did not know that I didn't realize until I got older and Antonio started coaching me was that I was an empath. I knew I could I knew I could tell something was wrong with a person, but I didn't know what it was. So it wasn't something somebody said, it was how they said it and what came the energy that came off of what they said when they said it. And after so much of that, you tend to just kind of stop being you so you can protect you. It wasn't until a couple of years ago, I was having a really, I was having my own conversations with God, to be honest with you. <laughs> I really was. <laughs> he was trying to get, God was telling me to do something I didn't want to do. See, Ms. Nikki, what I realized was all those years, that weird, goofy little girl, I had put her in a bubble deep down inside of me to protect her. Because the more I learned, the more I just wanted to keep something sacred for me. And the battle was, you have to let go. You have to let her out. 
I can't do for you what you're asking me to do if you don't bring her to me. Because I started to realize that little girl is who he needed. That little girl that no matter what's going on, always had, I was always told you're such an optimist. And for the longest I didn't know what optimistic was. <laughs> I just took it like, because when people said it, they had like this weird energy when they said it. So I thought it was good. It, it wasn't a bad energy. It wasn't a, ooh, you're optimistic kind of thing. It was like, you're so optimistic. Just, like so, You just so real and, and you're so full of the moment and what it is, the flow of it. Yes. Right. You know, they're like, they're even so optimistic. You I wish I was optimistic. Are you huh? an Aries? <laughs> no, ma'am, I'm a Taurus. Okay, you're close. <laughs> you're kind of close to us. You know, so it was, and, and so it was, the battle was, God was telling me to do that because I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't feeling good because I wasn't being me, like I I am that kid. Like, I don't care how old I get. I, I will always be doing puzzles. I will always be coloring, like, I'll always be coloring. You know, that's me. I therapeutic, yeah. It is, you know, puzzles, coloring, like even, if, even Antonio says it's just that I get this, the smallest things make me happy. I get this, it's the little things for me and, and it wasn't any one particular it was just an emotion or an energy I kept getting depending on who it was and then you know going into being a teenager you're told stay in a child's place what goes on here stays here but then the moment I hit 18 I'm told you can't be hanging out with the kids you're not a kid anymore you're a young lady da 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 and so I was like, okay, so what I do? Because over here, I can be me. Like, I can be the goofy, no matter how old I am. They take me for the goofy, weird person, but they can still come talk to me. But then if I'm over here with the adult, I have to be this person. Like, I can't be the weird, goofy little girl. So after a while, I just, it's time to grow up. And then here comes Antonio. No, don't grow up. Be a kid again. Like, wait a minute. It's too much. You, 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 you. It's, 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 you're clashing with what I was told. I, I can't do that. And I like, look, tell me how I can do this <laughs> and be and be the adult I need to be. And he's like, no, just like just be you. So what what you're seeing now is me shedding the energy that I used to get from hearing them. Now I hear. Didi, you so Didi, you so goofy. I'm like, girl, I know. <laughs> you know, and my kid is the same way. My kid is off the chain goofy, and I love it. I love watching him. He does the goofiest things. He says the craziest things, but he's just full of life, and it feels good when he feels good. And me being an empath and a mom, I'll ask him. There are sometimes I'll I'll catch him or. or just an off vibe coming from him and I ask him say what's wrong and he'll say mommy I okay and it's like this that's when I know okay no you're not okay you, you you're learning how to lie too soon son you learn how to lie too soon and you're bad at it <laughs> so I'll say what's in here I'll say what's in here and that's when he'll just kind of just go like he'll start from one point and then it just goes and when it starts 
not when it starts making when it starts to become kid sense and not adult sense per se that's when I know okay he's okay now so whatever if he's if he comes at me a certain way I know okay he's serious but if he just starts going from this person to that person to this to that to this I say, okay you good but it was more so Miss Nikki just the energy that I used to get when I used to be me and not not something one person said but just the energy because even anyone who any any of my peers know me the moment i'm serious do you all right everything's okay do you good <laughs> even antonio's like all right look change your vibe that's 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 you what's going on this is not you this is not how you respond change your vibe you know you gotta fix that so something not right but if I'm goofy, how how y'all see me sometimes when I'm just whatever, that's me saying, this is who I am. <laughs> so that line really, that one line really played a number for me because it it just reiterates to us when you're not feeling good, you're not being yourself. But when you feel good, when that when that little section between your back and your chest, right underneath, right there, you don't know where it is, but you know you can feel it because it's right there. When you feel that, that's when it's like, okay, yeah, this is rough. Your solar plexus. So, oh, thank you. Because that is right where it is. It's like right there. It's like your chest, your back, but it's like right there underneath, kind of tucked. Thank you, Mr. Phil. Thank you very much. These are the words for, to, for me. Your solar plexus. Got it. All right. So when you feel that feeling deep down in your solar plexus, yes, I felt wonderful today. That's when you know. That's when your soul is telling you, "Look, we're here. Come on, let's go do this." <laughs> that, that that childlike excitement. Well, athletes athletes call it in the zone. Mm. Are you are you present to the extent that you become a third party, and you hover above yourself and you watch yourself and you watch what's going on and say, "Okay, here's where I'm going." You know, the Ohio State football team has thinks talks about you know. There's the event, then there's a reaction, and then there's that's the outcome. Something happens to you, then you choose how to react to it, which gives you the outcome. So that's why it's in the zone. As a speaker, eventually you get to the point where you do become a third party. You're hovering above yourself, listening to you speak, looking at the audience, and then thinking, okay, where am I going? Where should I stand? How should I position myself? And it's called being in the zone. It's when you're so much in alignment that you become a third party. And sacred scripture tells us, be anxious for nothing. No pressure there. That makes me anxious. I got to be anxious for nothing? No, I'm anxious because I got to be anxious for nothing. But that's, that's what they tell us. So that's what this, I think that's what this manifestation is on this physical plane. How does the soul take a physical existence and learn to take spiritual principles and apply it to this, this time? And that's what this whole education is about. And that's all this is just educating your soul on how to deal with being in a body and what you learn by being in a body. And therefore, when you become a, a soul, another soul, you've already learned what you learned and you can move on. It's like in the book, Defending Your Life by Albert Brooks and Meryl Street. Great movie. Albert Street, uh, uh, Albert Brooks gets killed at the beginning along with Meryl Street and they go to Judgment City and they look at the videotapes of your life. And if you, if you learn this one lesson, you get to move on. If not, you have to come back down. Guess what the lesson is? Anybody want to guess what the lesson is? Forgiveness. You learn, 
Maybe I have abandonment issues. I have trouble saying no to people. Maybe. <laughs> Anybody else? You ready? Fear. Ready. Fear. Oh. That's the only reason why your soul manifests itself on the physical plane at this particular time in the time continuum is to deal with fear. And if you learn to deal with fear, you get to move on to learn another lesson. If not, you got to keep coming back until you learn how to deal with just that one issue, fear. It's a great movie. I, I recommend it to everybody. I've made my kids watch it many times and called Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep. What's Mr. Brooks' first name? Albert. Albert. Albert Brooks. And Meryl. Street. Ooh, her name wrong. All right. I love Meryl Streep. She's absolutely awesome. She's amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that with us, Mr. Fred. Thank you very much. And I, that makes sense, though, that that would be the one. The, you know what? That makes so much sense. Because kids don't fear. Kids have no fear. <laughs> well, they really don't. And that makes so much sense. And once you release the fear, and you'll always have that happiness feeling. You always the 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 thermometer of your soul will always be high because you're always happy. And scriptures tells us perfect fear, perfect love casts out all fear. So I'm saying, does imperfect love cast out some fear? Oh, maybe. Perfect love casts out all fear. I think. Hey, hello. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Mr. Kors. I think one of the things, as you mentioned, fear. Um, I always think about like how how like. I think how you change in life, because it's like you are fearless when, you, when you're a child. And then it's like until someone, some adult who has a better context of something, or they believe is a better context of something, tells you, oh, don't do that this way. Not because, and, or try to protect you from something that they believe is going to happen to you. And then it's just like, they may have good intention, but it's all based in fear of, Oh, he, if he continues in this behavior, or if he continues doing this, he's going to turn out a certain way. And <laughs> it's just like, and it's realizing like your kids are not like that. It's like, you know, just because you've gone through what you went through, or you did what you did, or you had this pain, doesn't mean your child's going to go through that same pain, you know, or it's so, and the thing is, it's like, we, we, we get raised that way. And it's just all of a sudden we end up with all these spares and the reality of it, if we, similar to what um, Nikki was just sharing with you, when she shares, like, where did you get that fear from? You have no idea because it's just like, it just becomes this natural thing because so many people have told you it over and over and over that at this point, it just becomes second nature to you to just like, hey, when this, when this happens, I need to be fearful. And it's just like, you have no idea why. Similar to standing in front of, it's, it's just almost ridiculous. Like the number one fear in life is public speaking. And it's just like, why? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
it's like you're in front of the room with other human beings that they're not going to literally do anything to you on a literal basis they're really not going to do anything to you but you have a fear <laughs> and it's a fear because somebody said something at some point or you saw someone to see something at some point and now you've made that your fear not really knowing that if really are you really afraid of public speaking or are you not but it's just there <laughs> so same thing with my kids it's just like my son he loved the dark for a while and all of a sudden he watched a few shows and all of a sudden he starts talking i'm afraid of the dark and i'm like where did you get that from <laughs> it's just like how do you know to be afraid of the dark and yeah so it's just really exploring looking at that so that's what i hear from that thank you thank you Corey, for sharing with us and and i do agree with you it's like the things our kids watch or what they indirectly learn from us teaches them fear teaches them to pull back teaches them low self-esteem teaches them you know low self-image like whatever it is they literally learn they indirectly learn from us i learned when i learned more about me through antonio's coaching and i paid attention more attention to my son i noticed how he was doing things that we never taught him but that we do and i was like huh so let me be careful and i hit my foot one time and they say what's in you is what comes out of you and i'm i'm still working on me so a certain word came out when i hit my foot on the side of the on the side of the bed <laughs> And I, I was watching my son one day. He was about like three. He was about three, you know. He dropped a chicken strip. And in the correct timing, in the correct situation, excuse my language, y'all. Damn it. Uh, where you learn that from? And I had to realize he indirectly learned that from me. Because when I tell you, I was upset. When I hit my foot, he was upset when he dropped that chicken strip. The perfect context. And so I agree with Corey's right, just like Miss Nikki. You know, it's what, okay, no worries, Miss Brianna. Thank you. It's our kids indirectly learn from us. And if we always stay children, just imagine how our kids will grow if we if we never lose sight of that child in us that that here i am this is who i am here that feeling and that that wonderful feeling in your celebrate thank you mr bill if we never lose that just imagine what our children will indirectly learn from us fear puts limits on us but being fearless we have no walls we have no limits and that actually brings me to the, the next thing because it, it falls right in line. It's in chapter, it's like on the one, no, I always have to turn pages. One, two, three, fourth page of chapter eight. And it says, you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. If we actually pay attention to how children are, they're always building something. 
I can't begin to tell you how it fascinates me, Grace, even Antonio at times, the fact that my son can have two clothes hangers and have a ball. Clothes hangers. He just stopped playing because he heard me talking about him. Because he's doing that at this very moment. He has two clothes hangers and he is having the greatest time of his life. <laughs> he just leaned in being nosy um but if we yes ma'am don't act like you don't remember getting a big box with something that you really wanted as a kid and then playing with the box having more fun with the box <laughs> than what it, what came in the box same thing i can i can be more creative with the box yes the box can be a classroom the box can be a house the box can, can be a, a jet yeah it can be a car yeah yeah it could be a camp, it could be a cab, it the box can be all kinds of things, but this toy is only this toy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and that right there, you can never change things by fighting the existing reality. That toy is that toy. I cannot fight the fact that that toy is that toy. But what I can do is I can take that box, build a new model, and make that toy obsolete. That's what kids do every day. And when we look at life that way, if we stop trying to, if we stop, and I'm not going to say trying to because we actually do it. If we stop fighting the existing reality, if we stop fighting the fact that, okay, I got to get these bills paid. If we stop fighting the fact that this is not the life I wanted, if we stop fighting the fact that this is not the relationship I wanted, if we stop fighting the fact that this is not the job I want. If we stop fighting all of that and switch it to something else, build a new model for ourselves that makes what we currently in non-existent, can you imagine how far we can go? That's true story. We were at the old office and we were sitting on the back porch and Antonio asked me, so what, what are you, what are you, what do you, who do you want to be? And I was like, or I think I asked him, how do I, how do I figure out who it is I want to be? Or I can't remember the question I asked him, but I remember his answer. He says, if you don't know, you create it. But creation for us. So what is, what is my, who does my future me look like? Well, she's a mixture of the beautiful Michelle Obama, Beyonce. Elena Cardone, Oprah Winfrey, and she has a little bit of Coretta Scott King in her, because only a strong woman can deal with what she dealt with when it came to Mr. Martin, which was the reverend of Martin Luther King, because of his position in this world and what he was doing. And there's one more person in there, Jada Pinkett Smith. And it took me a while to figure out why I picked these individual people. I just knew something in me was like, these are the women. I want to be a combination of all these women. Well, Michelle Obama gracefulness. I can't even be, I don't know anybody else. Like uh, uh, Oprah's multi-billion dollar life. Her, her, her gross worth, not her net. I want her net too, but I want the gross worth. She's what Antonio has told me is a new um, 
what is that new that new level it's it's global global wealth is that what it's called Antonio global wealth uh, that's what I want global class global that's yeah yeah see Oprah has Oprah has this global class that everybody in every country know her name just like Beyonce but see Oprah built her dynasty Beyonce had kids has has kids has a husband has a career she's in the spotlight but yet still gracefully handles everything like i whatever she's doing i want some of that i i want to i want a little flavor of that too elena cardone has literally built a built an empire with her husband like they literally built that side by side she wasn't put me in the spotlight she wasn't she literally literally said tell me what you need me to do i got you just put me in a direction so she she's teaching women how to empower and build themselves while building the empire what to watch out for what to look for who to watch out for who to look for <laughs> the most important too and I already explained, expressed Coretta, and then Jada Pinkett Smith is how her and Will raise their kids. Their children, their children are free thinkers, but their children also understand consequences. Oh, thank you, Mr. Smith. Thank you very much. But their children also know consequences. And so I didn't have a model for who I wanted to be. So what Antonio literally told me to do was build a new model that made the current existing model obsolete. See, the only models that we have are the, the women before us, the women around us, the, the women we see on TV, but we never really, the women we see on TV, we just see them on TV. We never believe that that model can be for me. I never knew I could be an entrepreneur until a woman invited me into her home to work part-time and I was confused because I walked into her house and then took a left into her in-house office. I was confused, but at that moment, she created a model for me that made all other models not obsolete at the time because I was an employee of hers, but she, she planted the seed of being an entrepreneur for me. And then here comes Antonio and everything is obsolete at this point. <laughs> everything is obsolete at this point. So I would love to know, I would love to hear from each and every one of you regarding this particular phrase. Like you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this, on this particular phrase. No. Okay, I'll go, go ahead. Go ahead. So, um, when you when you saying say it for me one more time, I want to hear it clear. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. You never change things by fighting the existing reality. Mm. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. It's not about what I say, it's about how I make you feel. And man, I hope I make you feel some type of way. Okay. 
right. You know what? That that actually, yeah. <laughs> like, do do you guys realize how many friends and family members you lose when you start making the old model obsolete? When you start. It's the same as when something happens when you're on top of the world, all your friends are there, but when something happens, you can't find nobody. The whole thing that the whole thing of you know, find out who your real friends are when something happens and you need help. To me, this is the same. This phrase right here means the same thing, and that's exactly what it is. That's why I say it all the time. It's not about how I make you feel, it's not about what I say because you're not going to remember that. You're just going to remember the feeling that I gave you mm -hmm. and the way that I made you feel. Whatever way it is for you, I hope it makes you feel the way that you need to feel in order to build and be whatever it is that you need. So that's why it's just so simple. Because again, your feeling of what it is that you needed from me at that moment, I gave it to you. And also, whatever that, that whole entire movement and motion of us, I, I, made, I made it happen for us. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, thank you very much. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Thank you, Mr. Phil. Thank you very much. Ms. Monica, I see you unmuted. The floor is yours. Yeah, to me, I mean, it just basically means it's growth. You know, I think you, an old version of you uh, goes away as you grow. And yeah, you're going to outgrow people. I mean, it just, it just happens throughout your lifetime. Some people keep their childhood best friends, yes. But overall, if you think of all the friends you've had growing up, how many are still in your life? So the thing is, if somebody's not, doesn't have, they don't have the same, have the same vision, but if, they, if they're not goal-oriented or they don't want to grow and they're holding you back, I mean, you've, you've, you have to make a choice, right? So sometimes... It, it automatically just, just happens when, when you outgrow these people. But I think sometimes as we get older, we mature, you learn from experiences. So kind of like Antonio always says, when something, you know, you learn from the losses, not, not the wins. So you have to embrace those losses and you have to embrace and understand too that some people come into your life um, just for a certain t period of time. Like they're probably just there to be there for a chapter and then that's it after that. You know, they, they serve their purpose. So I think it's just all about growth. And as, as you get older, you realize and you learn from experiences. And as long as you do that, I think everybody's gonna grow, be successful or just be happy overall. Because I could tell you when I was in college, I mean, yeah, I was happy, but I didn't, I, I wasn't emotionally mature, you know, it wasn't until you get older and learn from experiences and you're like, okay, then you get to that point where it just clicks and you're like, oh, I got it. And then you learn from everything and then you just grow from there and just, you have to stay open too, though. So you can't just stop growing when you get to a certain level. You have to continue to grow because it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, we have to be a sponge and if somebody gives you suggestions or feedback on something, take that in, harness it, appreciate it, and apply it. So for me, it's it's just growth. All right. Thank you very much, Miss Monica. Thank you very much. And that is growth. The, I agree with you. That is growth because you definitely have to grow 
to understand that I'm not going to fight this anymore. I'm just going to do something different. I'm going to create a different model. So thank you very much, Ms. Monica, for sharing with us. Mr. Corey, the floor is yours. And after Mr. Corey, I see you here, Ms. Carol. Go ahead, Corey. I think one of the things that comes to mind when you say this is like when people say game changer and it's like what you're doing when you start doing something different, now you're playing a whole new game because now you're, now you're abiding by and creating a whole new set of rules. Like you can't go into a basketball game and just go in thinking that you're just going to change the rules and expect to win with integrity and have everyone else fall with it. Now, if you go into basketball and you stop playing by your own rules, now you're not playing basketball anymore. You're playing something else. <laughs> and so it's almost like in order for you to get your specific result, you have to change the game. And by changing your game, now you have a whole new set of rules. Like if you say you want to be you know, not to say that high school teachers are, are not great, but it's like saying, hey, I want to be a principal of a school versus the president. If you're a principal of a school, there's certain games that you play and certain rules that you have to abide by. But now you want to be the president of the United States. It's a whole new set of rules that you have to actually say that this is what you're going to step by. Also goes, you know, it also reminds me of like what he was talking about earlier, I think in book one where they mention about the Ten Commandments. Like, a lot of people make that confused, thinking that commandments is all about commands. It's not about commands. It's like, hey, you want to follow God. You want to be a man of God, a woman of God, whatever it is. These are the things that are going to actually tell you that you are actually on the path. So it's just like, what are the rules that you're creating that would have you know that you're being the next Michelle Obama? What, what is the rules that you're putting in your life to really be this person or that person that would have you say like hey okay i'm i'm seeing this happening so now i'm seeing that this is me being on the right path so that's what i'm really hearing there we go all right thank you very much corey for sharing with us i greatly do appreciate that thank you and yeah you you're right it's like so what are you implementing to get to that new model in your life so thank you very much. Uh, Ms. Carol, the floor is yours. Hi, guys. <laughs> so it's not about who you're being today. It's about the seeds that you're planting for tomorrow. Because as you plant those seeds, they come into fruition. They're not going to come overnight. It takes a little bit of time. So you may not like where you are in life, what's happening around you at this, at this moment, but the focus should be in moving forward, not thinking about where you are or what caused it and focusing on that because you'll just bring more of that because that's all about planting seeds too, what you think about, what you focus on. So as you plant these new seeds, you just let go of the old knowing that these seeds are going to come into fruition soon and just be patient and continue moving forward. All right. Thank you very much, Ms. Carol. Thank you very much for sharing. You're right. You are planting seeds. Antonio used to say something, and when he first said it to me, it gave me relief. But then the more he said it, the more I kept thinking, like, man, if that's the case, I got a whole lot of harvest coming my way. What he used to say was, 
like you just said, who we are today, our reality is not who we are today. It's the harvest of seeds that we planted previously, and every day we plant a new seed. So if you're looking to change something, you have to plant new seeds. You know, you you can't you you can't expect today you can't expect today to change because you did something different today. You have to do something different every single day. Like Monica was saying earlier, you know, you don't stop growing. If you stop growing, you start planting different types of seeds like Ms. Carol was saying. You know, and it, it shifts you in a different direction. So I thank you, Ms. Carol, for sharing this evening. Thank you, Ms. Monica. Thank you, Corey, for sharing this evening. All right, so do we have, is there anyone else who has something that they pulled from the book that they would like to share with us on this wonderful, fine evening of evenings? All right, well, if not, I'm going to move to the next quote. This is not, I'm, I'm going backwards, so please excuse me. So I'm actually the first page of chapter eight, where it says the four thoughts chapters 8 through 15 it's like the second sentence from the bottom it says putting yourself first does not mean being what you term selfish it means being self-aware so i just wanted to open this up to everyone because we talk about being selfish on two different on two different levels one level is being selfish and taking care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself you can't take care of others and the other one's being selfish as in we're taught that if we do focus on ourselves, we're being selfish and we're not giving to others. So th with this, when it says putting yourself first does not mean being what you term selfish, it means being self-aware. Now to me, that means I'm aware enough to know that if I don't take care of myself, if I don't rest like I need to rest, I'm going to be no good for anybody because I'm not going to be at the, I'm not going to be full so when someone comes to me, I can pour out to them and still have fullness in me. Being self-aware enough, taking care of yourself and being self-aware to know that, hey, you might want to get a couple of extra hours of sleep. Or, hey, you might not want to eat that donut because you know how you're going to feel the next day. It's going to make you feel groggy. You're going to be tired. You're going to be sluggish. To me, that's what it means. But when, when other people say, we hear somebody say, yeah, you know, um, I am selfish. Like there's two different, there's two different types of selfishness. So I would love to get selfishness. I would love to get, get you guys perspective on that particular line. And I'll repeat it. Putting yourself first does not mean being what you term selfish. It means being self-aware. So the floor is open. I would love to hear you guys' opinions on that. Or just your your um, view on selfishness, period. Because there we do have two different views of selfish. Hello. All right, um, Grace. After Grace, Miss Carol, you're next. It's just like what you read is when I, what came to my mind was when they give the instructions when you're on the airplane. Hey, 
if we're going down and the, what are those things called? Yeah. The mask. <laughs> the mask. When they come down, put your mask on first and then help the other person with their mask. I can't help you if I need help too. I'm no good to you if we're in the same boat. Both gonna be down in here. <laughs> That's all I had. <laughs>
All right. Well, is there is there anything else out of these chapters or any chapters of the books that we've read so far that you would like to uh, bring bring up so that way we can talk about it, have a class discussion on it, get everyone's perception on it. Is there anyone else? All right. Well, if not, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to thank you so much for joining me this evening. Reverend Reginald had another, another, um, how do you say it? Engagement. That's it, engagement. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> uh, Reverend Reginald had another engagement, but he will definitely be with us next Thursday. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining me this evening for the leader integrity leadership class. I look forward to seeing you next Thursday. Thank you so much. You can plant better. You can dominate. Good night, everyone. Love you more, Phil. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you.